Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to what I hope will not be a very long, very long A Date with Dateline. But I think it will be. Well, it's the season premiere. No, it wasn't. That's next week. It's almost the season premiere. It's what they call the penultimate. Oh, see, that's just confusing. That's what it means when it's like the second to last, right? No, but doesn't the penultimate... What does the penultimate mean in your head when you think that? The second to last. It does. Okay, so I have... It's going to be one of those words for me then, because the penultimate to me is equivalent to the ultimate ultimate. Uh. It's the penultimate blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I think maybe I've been doing that wrong for a while. Um, that's, cool. that's okay. Um... This episode is called A Date with the Devil. I almost just said A Date with Dateline again. It's it's also definitely not called A Date with the Devil. You know a that, A Deal right? with the Devil. Sorry. There we go. <laughs> That's why I almost <laughs> called it the wrong title because I had written down the wrong title. Um, <sighs> this episode was just so long. So much stuff happened. I have no idea how we're going to get through it. I feel like this is going to be like running a marathon. Yeah. We're going to also suggest that maybe you guys watch this one because it's a lot. To digest. And there's a lot of like... We suggest they watch every episode, by the way. Of course. I never not suggest. But particularly this one because it goes like it's a windy road. We got a lot of of characters too. We're going to have to traverse. Travail? We will be traversing on the travail. Go for it. (laughs) Um, This is season 26, episode 57. It aired on September 21st, 2018, hosted by Keith Morrison. And should we just jump right in? Let's go. No small talk. Just I have nothing it. to say. Mm-mm. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Okay. Yeah. Uh, our friendship is over. Colorado. <laughs> this happens on the Colorado and Utah border. A town called Black Hawk, which is could only be an Indi- a casino town, like an Indian casino town, right? It's called Black Hawk. Was there a casino? Yeah. It's a casino town, they called it. There's oh, not just a that. casino. They call it a casino town. I don't even know what that means. I guess Reno I and Las Vegas are casino towns. I'm guessing that a lot of their income comes from the casino and people that are employed by the casino? Yeah. That's what I would okay. guess. So a woman named Lori McLeod met a guy named Scott Kimball and at the casino. And the first thing she said was, you're not a felon, are you? And he oh. said... I'm an FBI agent, which is just the best way to answer that question, because obviously, yeah, you're not lying. And also, I just don't feel like they would say that ever to a lady they just met at a bar. I feel like that's like a second date type no, of reveal. That's absolutely what someone says if they're lying about being an FBI no, agent. No, if they're lying, the if they're telling the truth, if they really are. I feel like they wait to learn more about you before they reveal what their profession is. Right. The first job they say, the first thing they say is, I have a government job. Exactly. Yeah. I work for the government. It's not exciting. The I am an FBI agent just like killed me because of point break. So I kept thinking in my head where Keanu Reeves is like, I am an FBI agent. Do you know when he's like screaming that? No, I don't remember that at all. Wow. Dang it. Somebody back me up here. Someone's um, going to back you up. I feel so alone. Uh, oh, he was Scott was a romantic gentleman. He took Lori to kill the largest fish that I have ever seen. And Come it on. seems super romantic. They show that picture multiple times. Multiple times. And how romantic he was holding that bloody fish guts. Why was it so bloody? Why was the fish so bloody? Because I don't... fishing is very 
no, mean? But normally, to the poor when, fishies. Normally, when they hold up the fish in the pictures, it's not dripping with blood. Yeah. This fish looked like it had had its throat slit, and yeah. it just had blood. So all romantic. in its neck. Neck fish area. I feel like Lori has really low standards for men. No. And I'm going to tell you why. Oh, because her ex is a dreamboat. That is exactly why. And so, but is since a good they guy. broke up, he's uh, amazing. I want to marry him. But the maybe since they broke up, her standards have fallen. Times is tough. Times is tough, exactly. I don't know. We also don't know. We'll get into it. But it, it, Scott Kimball apparently was the most. I have feelings about Lori. Was the most care. Well, Apparently, but he was also apparently the most charismatic man in the universe. They just don't <laughs> capture it on camera, but that's there is, fine. There is, could, has been, never, never has <laughs> there. Never has flames, been and never will be. Flames on the side of my face. <laughs> I have never seen someone photograph so uncharismatic and it's have true. them describe him yeah. as so charismatic. It's or such about, an antithesis to how he appears on film. How about also photograph so much like a dum-dum and like then be described dum-dum. He looks as like, like Stephen the, Avery as like from Making Mensa. a Murderer, which is coming back in October. I'm really excited. What are you talking about? Making a Murderer. Right by the time you hopefully won't have a job, you, we can binge Making a Murderer season two together. You're not a real friend. When did you find this information out? About 10 minutes ago. Okay, you're a real friend. But I, I mean, just, I just tw- I saying, just retweeted it. I just found out. But Brian that also, Ferguson tweeted it. You know that would have warranted a text message. Like, had we not been recording oh, yeah. tonight, it would have warranted a Oh, yeah. No, I was going to slip up. it into the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm really excited. How many episodes? Do they give you any information? No, but the, um, the like, gif, it's not like a gif, like the trailer, it's all, like, X's on a wall, like on a prison wall that are, like, sketched, you know, with pencil, and then they are, like, scratched into a wall, and then they slowly make up... Stephen Avery's face. Like, can you take a poll and see so if people long. want us to cover this in a really non-professional way, in a very I'm, emotion-driven podcast about just our gut instincts about this case? Find out if people probably want would. that. I think our Patreons okay. would love it. I also know that there's going to be a lot of other podcasts covering it. Maybe we can join forces with another podcast and do it all as like a giant to-do. Okay, let's do okay. it. Or we can just watch it and talk about it amongst ourselves. Yeah. We could do that, too. Okay. We could eat Chinese food. That sounds good. I haven't had Chinese food in a long time. For some oh. reason, I associate Stephen Avery with Chinese food. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. This uh, Scott fella, he pays for everything. He has money. He treats Lori really well. He's good to her 19-year-old daughter, Casey. Casey was a good kid until she was a teenager. Then she kind of got into drugs and she would disappear and went through a really rough spot. But now she's on the upswing. But then her dad, who is Lori's ex-husband, who is awesome. Rob. Love Rob. And he and the mom, like the the dad found it, he showed it to the mom, a vial of something that they thought was Casey's. white rocks. Yeah. They accused her of doing drugs again. She swore it wasn't hers. And the mom said, Lori said, I'm calling the cops. Lori really did instigate this whole thing. She said, I'm calling the cops on you. And Casey ran away. So Scott said, I'm going to be a super helpful boyfriend and go find her. He finds Casey. He puts her and her boyfriend up at a motel. 
so they can cool off for a while before Casey will come home. And Mm -hmm. he's taking her to work and he's giving them money. Uh, She works at Subway. Just fascinating because I was a Subway sandwich artist for three months in high school. Not sure if people know that. I love that I guess it's not that interesting. I like it. I always like it. What? But I don't understand. You're like a vegetarian. How did you deal with the meat situation? It was terrible, especially mixing the tuna. You mix the tuna with like your hands. You squeeze no. in. You, you get, don't have to, though. Yes, that's how they show you how to do it. I mean, you wear gloves. You squeeze in massive amounts of this mayonnaise from like a huge bucket and then no. smush it with the tuna together with your hands. No one's ever going to eat a tuna sandwich from Subway again. Apologies. So, but we already discussed the poor fishies. I don't know if tuna have, what do tuna look like? Are tuna little fishies? They have little tuna, mouths. You don't watch Wicked Tuna? No. They're giant. But those are the, those are bluefin tuna. Those are like the sushi kind of tuna. Mm. I don't know about the tuna that comes in cans. Hmm. They're not like sardines, though. Are you thinking they're small, like sardines? That's that what, what I was picturing, thinking? but I'm not sure. I don't really not know. Sure either. One day, she doesn't come home from work. The work calls and says she never showed up. Scott says, well, I didn't take her to work this morning. The boyfriend says Scott took her to work that morning. And no one seems to find that major discrepancy extremely troubling. They just go, well, I'm sure the boyfriend's wrong because he is young and maybe used to do drugs. I don't know. So um, Scott says, I don't know if he did. Uh, So Scott says to Lori, I am going to use my FBI job, which we're still not really sure what this is. He's an agent of some sort, is I'm going to use my FBI connections to help find Casey because the police are not doing anything to help Casey find Casey because she used to do drugs. She's over 18, so they're not really looking for her. Right. So... Casey does not show up, like ever. And Lori decides to marry Scott, but not as like a distraction from grieving for her missing daughter, but because she, and he said this, as her husband, he can help her look for Casey more? What? Well, see, our, okay, here's the weird... They're living together at this point, right? Yes, yes. Lori was convinced that it, if he was, her, like, legally her husband... If they were legally... He could help find Casey more, even though he has not found her thus well, far. who knows what the heck he told her. Yeah, right? exactly. But also, Lori the, is basically the mom from Dirty John. She is oh, Deborah part duh. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. So the honey, they honeymoon after they get married. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's horrible. Um, yeah, don't laugh. In the forest, which is the word I can't, I don't know why. I don't want Lyme disease from my honeymoon. I don't know why people would want to do that. It's not my style. Four-wheelers. Four-wheeling. People that are into four-wheeling on are your into honeymoon. Four- we got to talk to Stephanie. Yeah, People we have a friend who is super, yeah, she might do that. We got to talk, like, if Matt had had a choice to honeymoon in the woods with four-wheelers in their camper, would that have been what he wanted to do? Oh, for sure. That would have been what he wanted to do, yeah. yeah. I just don't think she would have allowed it. So, one day, Maybe, I don't know, one day, Scott says, you know what, I think Casey came home and got some of her stuff while we were gone, because look, this thing was moved and there's a necklace here that wasn't here before, and that's her necklace. So it like gives Lori hope that Casey's still alive and might be coming around. Years pass. Years. 
and Lori and, and Casey's dad, who we love, are devastated and they want her to come home. In the meantime, Lori and Scott move to a cattle ranch and start a cattle business. Um, it reminded me of Deadly Detour a little, um, where they live on the big ranch. It's like Dallas, the TV show, but it didn't sound nearly as glamorous with Lori and Scott as it did with the people in Deadly Detour. And yeah, cattle ranch sound won't. Hmm. Hmm. Um, they were co-raising Scott's kids there, like they had them part-time, and one of the sons was very injured in an accident, and Scott's uncle, Terry, came to stay with them, presumably to help out with the son. Now, for some reason, Uncle Terry made Lori very uncomfortable, and... He looked like a pedo to me. I'm going to be completely honest. I got a real strong molester vibe from him. You can't, well, you can't do Uncle Terry and then show the picture they showed us. You can't have all of it. If he had just been, you know, Uncle Sam or Uncle, no, it's Terry. I don't know, Uncle Bill. But instead. I know like one nice Terry and then I know several Chester molester type Terrys. Correct. I mean, the the thing that everyone's going to think of is who's the, the vice photographer? The That's Terry. exactly who I was right. thinking about. Yeah, you're going to think of that guy, that famous photographer. Yeah, the soups creepy one. Why yeah. do you keep saying soups? I'm not sure. Are you all right? Yeah, I don't know. Do you have like... An aneurysm? No, I was going to say an earworm, and then I was thinking ringworm mm. in your ear. Maybe I, I do have ringworm. Maybe that's the rashes on my legs. Ringworm. If they're uh, ringworm. No, they're that's... in a circle, though. I think they look like a circle. Yeah, you they still do. have that rash? Yeah, it's bad. Did you I'm, get flea medicine? I'm up all night itching. What did, what's wrong? What's going on with you? I don't know. I have to see a doctor. Did you Someone said Zyr- it might be shingles. You also might need to just take a Zyrtec and see if it goes away. Did you take like a Zyrtec or a Claritin? I've been taking Benadryl at night. And it doesn't help? No. Hmm, that's not great. Okay, yeah, you need to go see someone. Yeah. Can um, you take a picture and send it to me? Sure. I'm going to so, self-diagnose. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Uncle Terry, what did you think from his photo? No. Well, they show us one photo, and it's like, okay. I mean, that's sort of the feeling I got when I saw the photo. I was like, all right, like, of, of course he creeped you out. Like, <laughs> of course he did. Because so what was Uncle Terry doing? And, like, what? she didn't go into any detail. No, and I'm like, just you can't made just him uncomfortable. You can't just say that on national TV and just not say why. But also... Right. Why am I believing Lori, who clearly has the most terrible judgment among about men, except for her, her husband, which she nailed it, her first husband. But now she has terrible decision-making skills. So why should I? But I do. I immediately judge Terry because she said he made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Poor Terry. Maybe he is not creepy at all. Um, uh, maybe not. I mean, maybe he's just maybe he's just got a weird sense about him that puts people up. Maybe who knows? I don't know. I'm not gonna tr- even try. I okay. don't know. So he he looks like one of those uncles that would appear in one of those podcasts where they're searching for a missing girl and like no they're kind interviewing of. this Ugh. dude and he's like gives the interviewee the the interviewer the creeps and it's like we should look further into this guy and then he gets a whole episode about him. That's kind of. Like, he should be in the keepers or something. Okay, so the one day, Terry, Uncle Terry, just disappears. And Scott says he had won the lottery and run off with a stripper named Ginger to Mexico in one day. It's a busy Ginger. day. Ginger. Ginger. He ran off with Ginger. Like, in one day. That, because 
he lived with them. So you so like Lori came home from work one day. Mm-hmm. Where's Terry? He was here last night. He lives yeah. with us. Yeah. He won the lottery and ran off to Mexico with a stripper named Ginger. In so in one day, he he got the winning lottery ticket. He scratched it. He went. He collected the money. He collected. He mm-hmm. went and collected Ginger, who maybe he knew already, or maybe he just picked her up. And then he traveled to Mexico, packed up all of his stuff. No, so and left Uncle in, in no. one day. Uncle Terry's got to not be living at the house full time. There's got to be something going on. We're not hearing that whole story. Or, or she Mary, just, maybe he, he just gets more creepy. in one day than I have ever gotten done no, in my whole life. He's that creepy that she was just like, sure, okay. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. Yes, that sounds she good. was. Yeah, she was just glad to be rid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but their marriage wasn't going that great, Scott and Lori. Scott had a temper, and Lori was unhappy. Uh, meanwhile, a local detective in Colorado named Thatcher, he's pretty good. He is uh, investigating check fraud, and he's investigating this case of all these bogus checks for like $80,000. He That's traces, it's so much money, he traces them back to the cattle ranch, and these checks... Mm-hmm are traced back to Scott. So he digs into Scott. Apparently Scott has a history of check fraud and mm-hmm. all this stuff. He has even served time for it. Thatcher goes to the house and says to Lori, where's your husband? And Lori says he didn't come home last night. She figures he's cheating on him. And I think she's kind of just given up on everything at this point she's like yeah he's cheating on me yeah what this is my life now i live on a cattle farm and i um my husband cheats on me and my daughter but he has kids scott has kids living there with her right sometimes part-time part-time but we don't know scott's first wife we never get to meet her do we or whoever he had the kids with no so interesting uh thatcher brings in Lori and asks her more about this check stuff to see if she knew anything about it but instead, Lori just has verbal diarrhea and starts talking about her daughter, Casey, mm-hmm. and how it's like she's been wanting to say this this whole time, but finally someone is asking her, and so she's, like, mm-hmm. finally saying it, and she's like, actually, my husband was the last person to see my daughter who went missing, and that's really weird. And I still married him. He wasn't even my husband at the time. I married him right. after... After he was the last person to see my daughter, she says, well, he's FBI, so he's he's still looking for Casey. And uh-huh. Thatcher is like, um, no, he has a he's been to jail for check fraud. I highly doubt he's an FBI agent. So he goes to the FBI and it turns out Scott, not an agent. So if we had put pretending to be law enforcement or FBI or in the army on our bingo cards, which we haven't, but we should. We could have marked that off. He was not an agent. He was an informant, which is a huge difference. Right. And this small-town cop, Thatcher, is worried the FBI is in over their heads, basically, and doesn't know what their informant is up to or has this criminal record and might have something to do with this missing Casey. So he tells the FBI this, and the FBI says, well, he's been an informant for us. He was involved in this murder-for-hire case where another woman went missing. And Keith says, another woman went missing? Oh, boy. 
<laughs> He's very excited. So then we go to this other woman. Her name is Jennifer. She had disappeared six months before Casey, also in Colorado. She was a single mom and a stripper to support herself. No shame. Where did she work? You said you looked it up. Yes. She worked at Shotgun Willies. Shotgun Willies. I was just, here's the deal. The reason that I remembered it so well is I was stunned by how pretty this strip club was. It was this really bright building that, like, one of the buildings, like, if you're ever driving into Las Vegas, there's a little town before it called Prim. And Prim has, I think it's, like, not Steamboat Willie, but things like that. There's Mm -hmm. a few casinos right next to an outlet mall that are really beautiful from the outside. Having stayed in one on the inside, I can tell you it's like you're going to get murdered. But that's cool. But, and also I was by myself. It's a long story. It was, yeah, I was shooting a thing in the desert. It was rough. Anyways, but they have beautiful exteriors, and this strip club, it looked like one of those. It had this huge neon shotgun around the top, and then mm-hmm. underneath and all these big, big, huge lights said Shotgun Willies, and it was huge. It was like the size of a Costco. It was big. Why are there so this? many shot? Why are there so many strip clubs with shotgun in the title? I think I heard someone say it's because when their wives find out they're at the strip club, they bring the shotgun or something oh, like funny. that. I was more thinking um, Shotgun Wedding. But what does that have to do with a strip club? You meet the Maybe stripper you, and then you go run to the oh you get you get the stripper pregnant and then yeah. you run and off. And then the to stripper's get dad says, Get down Make the aisle, an honest son. woman out of my stripper daughter. Again, no shame. And no shame. okay, that could work. Someone there's probably be a really obvious scenario for this. I'm just saying that this particular strip club was gorgeous. In your words, soups fancy. <laughs> it's nicer than my apartment. It's just, didn't it have is bed nicer. Bugs, it's probably. nicer than mine too. <laughs> so it's beautiful. Jennifer uh, was a strip. Jennifer disappeared, and she had this young son, which she never would have left her son. So it's very strange oh. that she disappeared. It's very sad. So her dad Bob starts looking for her, can't find her. He's pestering the police, and the police won't do anything. And then he pesters the FBI. And the FBI gets sick of him calling them. So they say, well, let's set you up with a meeting with the informant working the case. His name, he goes by Joe Snitch. Since when does the FBI set up a meeting of a grieving father with an informant named Joe Snitch, who is a criminal himself, and that he's a criminal slash informant slash ex-con, and they set them up for a meeting with no FBI monitor there, nothing. Just good luck, Dad. Go meet with the Joe Snitch guy. I'm sure that'll work out fine. They just didn't want to deal with him anymore. So they're like, just give him Joe's number. I'm sick of him calling. That's awful. It I really is. hope that's not true. No, they basically admitted that that's what happened. Ugh. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So the dad meets up with Joe Snitch. Joe says... He knows where Jennifer's body is buried. And Bob immediately thinks, well, the only reason he would know that is if he was there when she was killed or killed her. I think he killed her. <laughs> he has good instincts. Yeah, the he opposite does. of Lori. And way to go, Bob. Yeah. He calls the FBI and says, the snitch that you set me up with, I think he's the one who killed my daughter. And the FBI doesn't believe him because who are you going to admit this nice father, Bob, or a guy who calls himself Joe Snitch? Yeah. Who are you going to believe? They believe Joe Snitch. Also, I think they just don't care. Then Jennifer's mom calls Joe Snitch. She records the call. And on the call, Joe says, that was a one-time offer 
to find your daughter's body. Like, what? Jeez. Whose policy is that? Great. Is this Kohl's? This is your coupon expired. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, uh, that's our policy. I can give you store credit. We don't Next accept, time someone you know ex- goes missing. Your return your credit, is 30 days past ex- too. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> One time offer. Hang on to that store credit, though. That's as good as cash. I don't understand. But Bob is genius and was smart enough to write down Joe Snitch's license plate, which is amazing. Because I don't think I would have thought to do that, sadly. And so he tracks him down and he finds out that Joe Snitch is, guess what, Scott Kimball, dumb Lori's husband, which is obvious to anyone who's ever watched Dateline. So Thatcher, the check fraud guy, is now looking into this FBI guy, this informant, and Mm -hmm. two missing girls. So he reaches out to other police forces to find out if anyone knows something. And he hears from one who's investigating Scott Kimball for attempted murder of his 10-year-old son. Crazy. So remember when the son got injured, Uncle Terry, the perv, came to live with them. Mm-hmm. This steel beam great thing had fallen on the son. And then Scott had put the son in the car and driven him to the hospital. When the son regained consciousness at the hospital, he said, when we were driving to the hospital, my dad pushed me out of the moving car. He was trying I to- can't. I can't. Even. I would never step foot in a car again. I would be so traumatized. Can you even yeah. imagine? No, it's unbelievable. It's terrifying. You're so bleeding wait, when- from the head. You're 10 years so old. So did they and your find father- him on the side of the road or did he push him out of the car, then pick him up, put him back in the car because he just yes. wasn't injured enough. So he right. was just trying to injure him more. Yes, I believe so. This is just. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So Keith hears this story and says, well, this is just getting weirder and weirder. Keith. What is that the word you would use to describe a son getting pushed out of a moving car? I get where Keith is coming from because it is weird and weird and weird. It's weird (laughs) upon weird upon weird. It's also just tragic upon tragic. Yeah. Yeah. Keith is fun. Keith. So there's this prosecutor named Boop, and she's also looking into- No. What's her first name? I don't know. Cotterina. Cotterina? Cotterina. Like to cauterize a wound? Yes, Katerina. So instead of Katerina, it's Katerina. Okay, I'm calling her Booth. Oh, come on, Katerina. She does not so regal. look like a Katerina. Princess Katerina. She looks like a Pam. Okay. Pam Booth. So Pammy um, thought that Scott had tried to kill his son for the insurance because the very day of the accident with the son, Scott had been looking into his son's insurance policy. Mm-hmm. But the son survived, unfortunately, and then Uncle Terry the creep came to visit, and then he disappeared. So Thatcher gets together with Pam, and they join forces. And I was kind of shipping them a little bit. Thatcher and Booth. Yeah. Crime show. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. So they decide to get Scott behind bars on check fraud so that they'll have more time to investigate the other stuff he's been doing. But Scott disappeared. He is gone in the wind. He still keeps in touch with Lori, though. And she believes that he is innocent. And this oh, whole good. thing is blown out of proportion oh, because good. she's Deborah part duh. But then the police trace where he's calling her from. He had told her he was in Alaska, but it turns out he's in Palm Springs. And that's, Lord. that's when Lori's really had enough. You may have killed my daughter and done all this check fraud and all of this stuff, but don't lie about your location when you're on the lam from the police. In Echo Coachella. How dare you? <laughs> yes. 
He's I like just saw he's fire. like doing E and has those light up glow sticks. Yes. Bono's here. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Picking up on chicks. He would love Coachella. Ugh. Yeah. Coachella would not love him. No. Let's put it that way. No, he's not. With so your bad. fish guts. Yeah. yeah. The police track him down. A car chase ensues and he runs out of gas and they catch him. Thatcher interviews him and he feels like Scott is the smartest criminal he's ever met. Oh, come Which on. I did not get. I was not getting that vibe at all. I was like, him? What is not giving you that vibe? Is it the bushy mustache? It's really the photos. Yeah, it's really the photos. And also how everything he does seems so obviously criminal. And it just seems like everyone around him is dumb. He's not that right. smart. It's just that everyone around him is stupid. Yeah, but Thatcher doesn't seem stupid. So I don't know. No, I want why. to believe Thatcher because that Thatcher totally seems smart. I would um, like more interview footage. Yeah, but there are later on we will get to the parts where I was like, okay, that actually was very clever. That was pretty clever. Okay. There was like one thing he did that I thought was clever. So Booth, the prosecutor, she says he's such a habitual criminal that they can put him away for a long time for just the financial stuff. And in their lingo, they call it the big bitch, which is like (laughs) – when you are have a lifetime of charges that they can get you away for all this little stuff, but for a really long time because yeah. he's a lifer of criminal stuff. So she says it's the big bitch. And then he calls her and her lady prosecutor person the boulder bitches. But Booth is really cool and she's a tough chick and she's flattered by it. She thinks it's funny. Yeah, she's like, that means yeah. we got him scared. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, you do. Good mm-hmm. good, good on you. Yeah. So now they their goal is really to find the bodies of these women who are missing because the families want to know what happened to their daughters. Jennifer's dad, Bob, who we love, had talked to a magazine about the whole Joe Snitch thing. And Casey's dad, who we also love, happened to be reading the article. Bob so and Rob. The Rob and Bob get together. They form yes. a dad duo where they yes, play they um, Know When to Hold Them, Know When to Fold Them. Oh, the gambler. Yeah, yeah. they just play guitar with each other. Um, oh, do they Do they jam no, out? No, I just really think they would. Like when Hank Hill made that friend that had the same truck as him and they played that song. And it was oh, just God. Seemed... And, I and just then realized... they sat at a bar eating nuts and didn't talk, but they felt like they were best friends. But I just realized what their karaoke song is. It's probably Willie Nelson's Always On My Mind. Oh, And they God, cry. So sad. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. It's, I wish gets... I hadn't thought it. It's really sad. Their B-roll is so sad, but also kind of cute because they're just like two dads but they're walking yeah, they they're are. walking by a body of water together mm-hmm. talking yeah. and then they sit on a couch and they look at all their photos spread out in front of them together and then they even sorry that was my phone they even compare missing flyers missing person flyers and that I was know. like dateline was trying to kill me it was just so sad okay so then Dum Dum Lori finally decides to reveal something. She says, hey, you know, the week that our daughter disappeared, Scott kind of disappeared too for like a few days around that time. Lori. She, and I'll take things that would have been helpful to tell police 500 years ago for 500, Alex. I don't know where I'm going with this, but that's... That's fine. But even her husband is like, or her ex-husband, the one we love, is like, um, yeah, I never heard that piece of information 
That would have been good to know. So not only is he the last person to see her, he disappeared for a few days. He's like not around. When she was, yeah. But when he's supposedly taking her to work and putting her up in the hotel and doing all that, he's never coming home that night. He's just telling Lori that's what he's doing. Mm Mm-hmm. No, but then he says he didn't take her to work the day she actually disappeared. But her boyfriend said he did. And we don't know because Scott then disappeared. No, but he took her the day before. The day before. No, but he says he didn't. He no, says, he took her to, he's taken her to work one time that's like everyone agrees upon. And then yes, the next he did day, take her to work. And then the day yeah. she disappeared, he didn't take her to work. He says he didn't. He says he didn't, but says, the boyfriend says he did. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. How at this point are we only halfway through this episode? <laughs> this is the longest episode of my entire life. I was life. shocked. I was I shocked. I could not be- I thought it was like 1.30 in the morning. How are we not done yet? There's more to this story. So we meet an FBI guy. It's the penultimate. Yes. We meet an FBI. Good job. You're so proud. You used it right. I am. A little bit. A um, little bit. This FBI guy. His name is Gruzy. Gruzy. <laughs> he's very deadpan. He's um, very. He's a dead serious <laughs> FBI guy. Yeah. That's a guy that if you meet him and he says he works for the government, you then you believe call. Him. Yeah. I would call you on the way home and be like, so he's totally FBI. Yeah. <laughs> you can't fake that. that. Makes, yeah. No, that makes total sense to yeah. me. And yeah. And he's dry as toast. Who said yes, it last time? Oh, was it? What episode was it? It Was it just the last one? My life is like dry toast without oh you. This is, oh, Grusey yes, is yes. like toast. Oh, Grusey. Um, so Grusey is an FBI agent who is assigned finally, finally, to look into this informant that maybe had committed murder. Thanks, FBI. Thatcher, but they don't want to admit that. You know that's no, going to take a don't. hot minute. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Thatcher, the local small-town cop who's been looking into it, who was just supposed to be investigating check fraud, he helps well, out the FBI guy because okay. he knows the case really well. So they team up. Turns out, back in 2002, Scott was in jail for theft or something like that, money, whatever. And his cellmate was, okay, so Jennifer, the stripper who disappeared, had that boyfriend who went to jail for drugs. The boyfriend was Scott's cellmate in prison in 2002. They become friends, and Scott tells the boyfriend that when he gets out, he's going to help Jennifer get out of stripping, turn her life around, and help her open a coffee shop, which sounds like Babes with Coffee, but it's way better because it has sandwiches. Coffee shop cafe. It sounds cute, actually. But why would this boyfriend trust his cellmate to say, yeah, I can totally help her start a coffee shop? This guy's also in jail. Apparently, it's this magical charisma. Yeah, he's also in jail. He obviously does not have his act together, yet you think he's able to... Why wouldn't he just start a cafe for himself then? He's in jail. He can't... Okay, whatever. So the boyfriend tells Scott, please help my girlfriend get out of stripping, get her act together. She wants to take care of her son. She wants to open this cafe. Scott says he's going to do it, but guess what Scott does instead? Scott tells the FBI... That Jennifer and the boyfriend who's still in prison are planning to murder two people who are going to testify against the boyfriend. And the drugs charge. Yes. And if they, the FBI hires Scott to get involved, he can prevent the double murder. So the FBI says yes. He conned the FBI by making up this story. And I actually think that's kind of diabolical 
dare I say it. As you should say it, yeah. yes. And kind of, I think it's pretty smart. Some For some reason, but the FBI believes he... him. But there's no evidence that Jennifer and the boyfriend were planning to kill anyone. But that's how he gets the informant status, is from that lie. Yes, that is, but the FBI hires him as an informant to like try to figure out the scheme they give him money to watch jennifer and make sure she's not gonna kill anyone and instead what he does is he befriends jennifer he Mm. tells her he's gonna help her open this coffee shop and quit stripping and get a better life for her son and the boyfriend in jail doesn't know that he's the informant and says yes trust him he's gonna help us And so she trusts him, and then she disappears. And he was paid to do this by the FBI. And they didn't keep track. Oh, all of a sudden, she's gone. You're not doing a very good job. (laughs) Keeping track of her. Wouldn't they just haul him back in and be like, okay, you're going to serve the rest of your time now because your information was absolutely useless? Yeah. There's clearly no monitoring going on of their informants. Just let him out. And then he does. Put a wire on him. This is the same guy that they then set up to – when. Jennifer goes missing and the dad starts calling the FBI saying my daughter's missing. They say, here, talk to the informant who was watching her. Yeah, he used to be in prison with her boyfriend. And he said she was going to murder someone. Go meet with him. I'm going to need more information. I'm going to need to know what the FBI did. Were they they setting up meets with with Joe Snitch to be like, hey, okay, what's the the status of this? Yes, they said, you go find out. They sent Bob, the grieving dad, to go find out what was going on with Joe Snitch. And they had them set up a meeting at a park. But there was never any... Never an FBI guy there. No, but this is what I'm saying. There was never any information... Did Joe ever provide any information about this murder that was supposed to happen? Did he ever give evidence, like lead them to other drug dealers, do anything I don't know. that was what he – okay. Yeah. I don't I'm, think so just, because right. Dateline said there was absolutely no evidence that Jennifer and the boyfriend were up to anything like murder. Nothing like that. So now Dum Dum Lori has learned about the second girl that has gone missing. And now she finally starts to care that Uncle Terry has gone missing, too. It's like she finally remembers. Oh, yeah, that Whoa, creepy yeah, uncle that him? lived with us. Yeah. Um, so the police call it Operation Snowball, which is, I think, because it keeps growing. But I think it's a terrible name. It makes me think they're looking for, like, a tiny little bunny rabbit or something. Did you want it to be Operation Gumball? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted it to be Operation Gumball. I don't know why. Well, there's I that. Was th- I was thinking the machine, and there are so many lies, and there's all these gumballs, and you never know which story you're going to get when you put in the quarter. You never know what right. story you're going to get. That, that was this, my thought. There's I don't this think it's 70s very movie that's called Gumball Rally. Yeah, I thought about that it's too. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Lori had kept all of Scott's junk when he was on the run because why? We don't know. Because she's like, kind of believes least, he's innocent. Okay. But here's did, the deal. She kept it in trash bags. Yeah, that's true. So she I'm didn't like give her frame points it. on the trash bags. She yeah. didn't make shadow boxes. She didn't of his like things. make sure the closet was pristine in case he ever came home. Right. That's yeah. true. So she gives the bags to the FBI and they go through his stuff. They find on his computer snuff films of women Ugh. being killed and a random photo of a mysterious girl. They also had Keith say snuff film, which I don't like. No, Keith should not even know what a snuff film is. No, we should not have Keith be a part of that. No. Um, The police, yeah, he is, and a scholar. The police Mm -hmm. and the FBI interrogate Scott, and he denies everything. And this is when we learn, or at least when I learned, that Casey was spelled 
K-A-Y-S-I, which was my OMG moment for sure. (sighs) Shocked. I was shocked. They find an ex-cellmate. What did you think it was? K-C? K-C? No. C-A-S-E-Y. Oh, I thought K-C. And then when I saw the other spelling, I was like, okay. She looked like a K dot C dot to me. No, she to me, she looked like a C-A-S-E-Y. Okay. Um, okay, so they find an ex-cellmate, another ex-cellmate of Scott. This cellmate had a girlfriend named Leanne. Mm-hmm. Scott tells his roommate in prison, I'll help you and Leanne escape to Mexico. Just get me in contact with Leanne, and uh, if you have to, if you ever contact me, she has to call me Hannibal. And the ex-con, the convict, is like, yeah, that's not weird at all. Tells, no, that's fine. Tells Leanne, totally trust this guy named Hannibal, but he's not one to be messed with. He's not one to be messed with, but you should totally but trust totally him. Totally trust him. Do what he says. Yeah. So she, the con. Tells, okay, so the police try to track down Leanne, but we can all figure out what we're going to see next. It's not going to be Leanne, and it's not. It's another dad looking at another table covered with photos of her because she's missing again. It's just, it's another woman. It's just terrible. So Leanne- Wait, where do they get, how do they figure out it's Leanne? Because there's just this one solitary picture in his computer, right, of the They talk to the ex-con. The boyfriend. No, no, no. But I'm saying that's how they even find the ex-con is because they see the one single no, solitary no. picture. They find they go look at who else he was in jail with, and they find him. He tells her they find out who Louis Leanne was, and then they say that's the girl on the photo on the computer. Yeah, but they had seen the photo before first, they just but they didn't, didn't know who it was. But they just didn't know who it was. It was just a random photo. Correct. And she had different color hair. So they but were she's like she's the only photo that was there, right? It wasn't like he had photos of Casey and Jennifer. It's he just had this snuff one films woman. and then this random photo. I feel like it was saved like somewhere separate. It was by itself. And it was just her. It was just her. And they were like, we think there's other victims out there, including this woman. So what? then they go, well, let's, he seems to do all of his dealings in prison. Let's find out who else he was in prison with. No, and I, that I leads understand. them to Leah. I'm just wondering why he saved that one picture. That seems like it was almost a setup. If you're thinking he's so smart and they think he's so like, you yeah, know. I don't though. I don't either. All right. He left so he just stuff forgot at it. Lori's house. Yeah. I think he yeah. went on the lamb and All forgot right. it. Yeah. Sorry. I'm trying to find ways in which he, I can see Is evidence smart. <laughs> of, his, of his intelligence and charisma. Yeah. And so it's far. Hard to find. I'm just, yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe he's like a romantic. He kept your photo. I don't know. He he paid for everything, and that really impressed Lori. That's all we know. So and had the he's a good fisher man. Whatever. Leanne was a great girl, but she suffered from bipolar disorder. But they call it bipolar situation. Yes, they did. Her dad does. He goes, well, she had a bipolar situation. Oh. I don't um, know if he had that strong of an accent. It sounds better. No, he did accent, not have that strong like, of an still, accent at all. Still. Um, so she made bad decisions in her life, like loving this convict guy and trusting a guy named Hannibal. She said she was going on a caving trip, spelunking, which oh, is Lord. awesome. And I kind of feel like I want to try it, but then I'm really scared because I'm claustrophobic and I've seen no, you those can't. movies in the caves. Yeah, what, the, the depth or whatever? The, yeah, the one yeah, where, they where go, there's no, like we're not, demons no, we're, in the cave. No one's doing that. You're not doing that. 
But she, okay, so she said she's going caving, but she goes missing. In the emails she had sent before she disappeared, she talks about having to trust this scary guy. I, who insists I, that she call him Hannibal. But here's, I'm trying so hard not to make fun of a girl who's not with us. She spells his name. Oh, no, don't. H-A-N-A-B-L-E. All right. In her defense, if you just did not know about Silence of the Lambs right. or knew that this there was, was a probably movie before or a the show called Hannibal, right. you would not know that it's spelled the way it is. You would spell it like like that. That sounds about how it sounds right for how it, she it spells does. it. It does. It does. So give her give I'm her that. giving her. It's fine. It's totally fine, Leanne. But I understand that you had to bring it up. I had to bring it up. Because of your personality. Yeah. God, I'm unlikable. Um, <laughs> because of my situation, I have to bring up stuff like that. Because of your personality situation. <laughs> Someone said that you were mean to me in the last episode. And oh, I no. said, and I said, in her defense, it's really hard to be my friend. <laughs> I was mean to you about what? I'm so sorry. <laughs> they said you were um, like fed up with me or snippy with, or like snarky or something. You were <gasps> calling me out on more things. You were being devil's advocate more. Or something. Okay, if everyone, if everyone out there knew how much Kimberly <laughs> calls me up. out on every <laughs> moment of my life, it's like, why do you brush your teeth like that? I don't know. I've never said that. You're doing that backwards. <laughs> I know. Do no, I? you do it on all my major life decisions, which hurts I do. way worse. Yeah, so, I do. I'm really mean about that. Except for marrying Oliver. I did good on that one. Yeah. But even if you didn't, I wouldn't say anything because I'm a nice person who doesn't call you on your mistakes. I'm sorry? <laughs> Are you turning no, your... I would have said it in my bridesmaid, I mean, my maid of honor speech. She's turning over a new leaf, folks. I would have all pretended right. that I liked it and then at the wedding done this really dramatic, here's oh, what no. I really think. Would you? Oh, God. Instead, my speech was all about Dateline. Then I wouldn't uh, have known what to do. But anyways, hey, I am sorry if I was mean. I you mean weren't. Mean. Uh, okay. I don't think you were. So Hannibal, um, and she's sending emails to her cousin. Oh, um, right. Leanne selling, sending emails to her cousin saying things about she Hannibal. has to do whatever he says. She doesn't yeah. like him, but she knows he's supposed to help right. her. So guess what happens when she goes missing? Her dad Howard. goes to the FBI. Yeah. Sound familiar? And guess what? Man. The FBI, they don't care. But now there are multiple women. So now they are basically forced to pretend that they care. And this is when they finally... I think Gruzy does care. Gruzy I think Gruzy cares. cares, but he was assigned way too late. True. It True. should have been done way right when this, this uh, informant, that whole thing happened. Like... So they figure out that the mysterious girl on the photo on the computer is Leanne. Scott is in the police interrogation. He's toying with them. And they keep pushing him. And finally he says, I didn't kill anyone, but maybe I can help you find them. Which is like, I, I guess he's saying I didn't kill them, but I was with someone when they disposed of their bodies. Or I don't, I don't know what he's saying. Like, how what? would you possibly say you did not kill someone but you know where they're buried yeah he's... maybe they died of natural causes and then you buried them and gave them a proper funeral just didn't bother to alert the authorities I think he's trying to be like i had a partner he's right. trying to do something sneaky yeah, yeah. that's what I'm it's wrong. not like he doesn't have a million ex-convict cellmates who he could blame it on and say oh yeah, yeah i was true. with it on this guy he's so he's been locked up for all these check stuff he says you know federal prison is nicer than state prison 
And what if one of these girls disappeared on national forest land? He wants to get into the sweet, sweet digs of the federal prison. Triggers Grusey. He remembers a receipt from the stuff that Lori had given them. And it's to this um, store that's by the National Forest or like in the National Forest. So FBI guy calls this forest people and says he wants a map so he can start looking for bodies. And they say, well, a map costs $8. He says, do you know how much FBI paperwork that is? Okay. I have to call that. You know what I'm going to say. What are you going to say? In Ransom, you were so convinced that the FBI could just go to their bank account, their special savings account, and get out money. And I said, do you know how much paperwork? I'm sure that takes forever to get approval. And you're like, no, they have a bank. They can just go. But so what do they do on those kidnaps then? What do they do when time is of the essence? I don't know. Okay. They have to have backup backups in place for situations like that. I would hope. Okay, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Basically, I'm just saying you were wrong. That's fine. I can be wrong. But I want to talk about the logistics of this is when Gruzy then calls his best friend or calls his wife and says, Bitsy, can you please <laughs> go? What? Bitsy Gruzy. You don't know? Bitsy Gruzy. They met at Shotgun Willies. You don't know. Okay. <gasps> no, they so, did not. Bitsy. They might have. It's a classy joint. You don't know. She was a waitress. Gruzy so, would go there Bitsy, and be the most unaroused looking man in the strip club because he is so gonna, deadpan. You don't know. Maybe he needs that for delight his fire a little bit. Maybe he's a dynamo. Okay. So Bitsy... Can you please go buy this map for me? You just go get a friend to buy right. it. Right. You just fork out the $8, right? But Well, why can't he? That's what my question is. If he can't, because of professional reasons, pay for this map, can he I don't think there's anything preventing him. And I'm sure cops shell out their own money for things all the time and don't get reimbursed. But I would think maybe that you have to be super careful like, if it wasn't paid for with government money and it was paid for with his money, it, would that affect the legality of finding something off the map? I have no idea. But if he's that by the books and it, like, has to be done right, then – which is probably why he's a good FBI agent. But but couldn't this be in some I would shell case, out the eight bucks. It's fine. Okay, so I'll let's put say on my this personal is, card. Let's say this is a legality thing. Couldn't he not leak this information to Thatcher or Booth and say, "Hey, we need this. It's going to take me like five days to get the stupid map because of the paperwork I have to fill out. Can you guys push it through the sheriff's department or the or the justice department quicker than me?" Well, and the National Park Service faster. is a whole nother ballgame. But they, but maybe one of them could have gone through their bureaucracy faster. You know how little I know about the National Park Service, by the way? Like, I think Yogi Bear is in charge of the National Park Service. He is in a way. I have so little knowledge of that hierarchy. I know there's rangers. You know that you're not supposed to start forest fires. I do know that. Okay. I think that's Yogi. Only you. It's not. That's a different bear. That's a whole different bear. All right. That is Smokey. And he says that only you. you can prevent them. Why is his name Smokey? Because he doesn't like cigarette smoke. He has emphysema. But they from named years him of smoking. Sorry. Smokey he's... does not have that. He didn't smoke. Well, he has strong feelings about but it. But why do obviously. they call him Smokey? Yeah, they should call him anti Smokey. Right. <laughs> non Smokey. <laughs> I don't know. 
We've gone we've gone off the rails. Okay. Okay. So the forest people well, so then he says, Okay, I can't get the map because the eight dollars will be too big of a pain in the butt. So just right. tell me, have you guys found any dead bodies? And apparently yeah, that, was that information like, have you found any hikers. This is so funny to me that they won't just mail the FBI a free map for instead right. of charging him the eight dollars, but they will freely tell him that they have found bodies. That should tell you how much paperwork the federal parks <laughs> has to deal with. So apparently a lot. Yeah. So they're like, actually, we did find these remains. And so they go and they test the remains. And it turns out they are Casey. And everyone is so excited. Like the booth, the prosecutor, they're all so thrilled. Imagine how depressing your job is if the highlight of your month is that you found a dead body. That's God bless those people for what they do. You're thinking because think about it. They're thinking that they get to give these families closure. I know, I know, but still, they're good. They're good people. I'm saying God bless them. Yeah, it's a hard job. It is a hard job. So the FBI guy Grusey, he says it's really lucky that he called the forest then, like months later, and not when he originally got all of Scott's stuff from Lori, because if he had called them when he first found the receipt they hadn't found the body yet so they would have said no there's no body haven't but what i say is so basically it's lucky that you did not do your job on time and waited months and months to follow up on this receipt basically do you see my point i don't think i do see your point but i don't think he knew that that was important at the time i don't think he had made the connection well the date on it was should have made the connection the date True. was like the day after she disappeared. Yeah, and it was great. in a location that is odd. So he should have made the connection on that receipt, I think, a long time ago. True. But whatever. It's lucky. Sure. Pat yourself on the back. Good job, Gruzy. But then, okay, this is this is actually really sad for Lori. She realizes that the spot that they found Casey's remains was where she and Scott had gone on their honeymoon where he had taken her. And they got married after Casey disappeared. So the timeline is he killed Casey, buried her in the forest, and then a little bit longer, maybe a month or two, I don't even, we're not sure. It's like a couple months. Yeah, Yeah. Takes his new bride, Casey's mom, to that very spot for their honeymoon so that he could check up on the body. Because during their honeymoon... He would go riding on his ATV for hours at a time. Which, holy crap. That's weird. And That would make me mad. Yeah. And a, he was presumably checking on the body or admiring his handiwork, whatever. It's it's That was my OMG. That yeah. was pretty gnarly. I yeah, was it's, like, oh. That's, that's... I felt really bad for Lori at that so point. So beyond twisted. I was twisted. like, lady... Yeah, she was sleeping... You made a huge mistake. ...and enjoying her honeymoon not that far from... The remains of her dead daughter. That is horrific. That's That's beyond twisted. Yeah, it really is. So That's a Hannibal thing. Yeah. So then she realized that maybe Scott was lying about everything. Maybe he faked the drugs that caused her and Casey to get into that huge fight. Oh, my God. Maybe when Casey came back and left her necklace in the house, that was him planting the necklace to give her false hope. And she was already dead by then. And 
Lori feels like she failed as a mom, and I I want to go easy on her, even though I really want to be harsh on her, because apparently this guy was really good. I still don't see it. We're not getting, we're just not getting it. We just are not being able to see how charismatic and how we saw his police interrogation videos no i didn't see it i didn't didn't get get a vibe i didn't get it but i don't know i don't know maybe he was just like that with women maybe he was really good no he's with that with men too because he was able to con both of his cellmates into letting him kill their girlfriends basically yeah Yeah, i know i know and he conned the fbi into getting paid to kill someone but how hard must Lori have taken this? Like I, I can't think imagine. Her, her life has got to be pretty Yeah. Pretty rough. Second guessing everything you'd never trust again. Like Yeah. Yeah. She should have stayed Lori. with that first husband. He's well, amazing. We don't know. Maybe Rob wasn't that all that great. We don't know. He seems pretty great. So He's they, a good dateline interview. Yeah. That's for sure. They make it the police make a deal with Scott for no death penalty if Scott will take them to the bodies of Jennifer Leanne and poor pedophile uncle Terry, who no one seems to really care about if they find him. Like, let's yeah, be honest. That's sad. Yeah, yeah, nobody seems to care. No so justice for Terry. They do a hashtag justice for Terry. They <laughs> do a police convoy of nine big black SUVs with tinted windows. It's like seven, kind of, to take. A bit. Yeah, yeah, to take Scott to look for the bodies, and Scott is loving it. He like feels famous, basically. Right, exactly. Booth, the prosecutor, she's excited that they may finally find Jennifer and Leanne. She specifically says Jennifer and Leanne doesn't mention Terry. It's it's fine, poor Terry. But they don't find the bodies. They try again another day, and at one location, Scott says, Merry Christmas. This is Jennifer. So they dig the whole area up. Even Booth is in her nice outfit digging, but they find nothing. He's just messing with them. A month later, they try again, and they get to this one location, and Scott starts acting weird and saying, um, let's, let's, go, let's go this way. So they, he leads them away, but FBI guy, Grusey, Grusey, he did something right. He's like, he was acting really weird. I'm going to go in the opposite direction and there check over there. And mm-hmm. that's where he finds Jennifer's body. He finds some bones and a hair clip with hair on no, it. No, he finds Leanne's body. Sorry, Leanne's body. And Scott, they tell Scott, and Scott is mad. Scott's mad that they have found Leanne's resting place. They still can't find Jennifer anywhere, and eventually they have to shut down the whole trip because Scott is basically messing with them, and he's enjoying yeah. being out of jail. They probably exactly. have really good snacks on those trips, and he gets Maybe. to be out in the fresh air, so he's going to drag he just it out. Enjoy- I think he's just that he likes the attention. creepy of a guy. He likes the attention. Mm-hmm. He likes being like, I'm yeah. the, he's the sole person they're paying attention yeah, to. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They tell Leanne's dad that they found her body, and it's very sad, and they also found the bullet that killed her. Then they send out teams of cadaver dogs to keep looking for Jennifer, not Terry, but Jennifer, without Scott Mm -hmm. there. Months later, they finally go looking for Terry. Scott tells them, (laughs) this is so funny, Scott tells them exactly where Terry is. He He gives them a map, a detailed map and everything Terry was wearing. So, like, for the girls, he wants their resting place to be private and mysterious and doesn't want their body found. And for Terry, he's like, X marks the spot. He was wearing a members-only jacket and had 87 cents in his pocket. Here you go. Mm -hmm. Like, he totally doesn't even care. 
So they find Terry's body and he has a bullet hole just like Leanne and the bullet matches the same kind as Leanne's. Uncle Terry had come to town with a suitcase filled with money from a divorce. There we go. That was weird. And Scott either wanted the money, so killed him for the money, or Terry had seen something about the accident with the son and was suspecting that Mm -hmm. it wasn't really an accident and was going to turn him in or something. So maybe Terry wasn't that bad of a guy and not a perv. And again, I was just assuming we don't know. And the accident with the son was all about money, right? The accident with the, the son The accident with the because... son was about life insurance because the very day of the accident, he had looked into his son's life insurance. It was $50,000. He was willing to kill his son for $50,000. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So now Scott has not lead, led the police to Jennifer's body, which is was a movie, right? Wasn't that like a movie? Yep. Um, he, so he lost his deal. He now can get a harsher sentence. He's in court in a wheelchair from an injury. So mm-hmm. I'm getting seeing he got beat up in prison, which is so mm-hmm. odd because he used to do great in prison. He like made all these deals and everyone trusted him, called him nope. Hannibal. Now he's getting beat up. He's lost his touch. All the dads speak in court. Lori speaks in court and she says she knows that her daughter Casey has forgiven him, which I was like, how do you know that? And that she has to forgive him because otherwise it'll torture her, which I do believe like it's if you hold grudges, you're just hurting yourself because the yeah, other person usually let, doesn't care. But she had to let go of the hate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So she says otherwise Satan wins if she doesn't let go of and forgive him. And how are we still not done? We're still not done. So in 2017, Scott organized a prison escape involving a helicopter but the fbi finally did something right and got wind of it and they stopped the escape but they do think there's more victims they think there's this woman named katrina that he might have killed she was found naked with no id and her hands were quote not present which is the most horrible way of saying that yeah it Um, really is she was a prostitute And they think there's probably more prostitutes and other women. They think there could be like 15 to 20 more women. Or does he say 15 to 21? Something like that. It was an odd. He does. He says like 15. He says 15 15, to 21. Approximately 15 to 21. Which also Um, makes me think that maybe they have like a pretty good guess of who. Well, I think they have the names of the missing women and they're just trying to match it to him. To connect it to him. Yeah. So this was my second OMG moment. Scott just turned 52. 52. He looks 92. Yeah, he looks like he's maybe approaching 70. I think he looks way past 70. Oh, I didn't think that. He looks like Santa Claus, but evil. Yeah, he does look like Santa Claus, but 52 seems a little young. He looks terrible for his age. Being evil wears on you. They think he could actually get paroled when he's still alive, but I don't think so. I think that because he's up for parole when he's like 80, 83. something. Yeah, but yeah. I think there would be so much outrage. I don't think oh, they yeah. would ever let that happen. No. So Keith asks the new FBI guy. There's a new guy in charge. Um, does the FBI need to take responsibility for some of what happened? And he says, "Well, we're changing our protocol." And Keith is not having it, and is like, "And that's how you take responsibility?" Which wow. Yeah, he kind of calls him on it. 
Grusey, that FBI guy, he admits that the FBI, it happened on the FBI's watch, basically. And so his he feels like his pen, penance, is that the yes. right word? Is to spend the rest of his career looking for the rest of these girls because wow. he feels like the FBI really did drop the ball on this. And yeah. even though it wasn't him, he was assigned to the case later, but like they have to make up for it, he feels like. So I think we finally did it. Oh my God, I'm so tired. You did so good. I feel like you were only listening to like 80% of it. I listened to all of it. I have also watched it like three times. That is exhausting. I can only watch it once. It was I so emotionally to. draining. <laughs> no. Okay, watch once, listen twice. Okay. Um. So do I- roll bonanza. Yeah. I, I mean, there was so much with the dads that just killed me. So I'm going to do a rundown for you real quick. Go for it. And I want you to pay attention. Okay. Because tonight, this episode, I think we have reached maximum load of looking at pictures spread oh out God. on tables. So, so It's ridiculous. We and have... what's funny is when we interviewed Mank, he said that he didn't think they did that anymore. They t- so they do that. So here's here's how this went. Lori. Yeah. Then Rob. Yeah. Then Thatcher. Mm-hmm. Then Bob. Okay. Who is the dad of, of right? Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Then Howard. Then Bob and Rob. Did you, was it there possibly then, a Booth and Thatcher? No, I'm getting there. Then oh, Booth. God. Then Booth, Thatcher, and Gruzy all together. <laughs> rounding it out. That all happened. Oh, I'm sorry. And Gruzy was also alone. So we've got Lori, Rob, Thatcher, Bob, Howard, Bob and Rob, Booth, Gruzy, Booth, Gruzy, and Thatcher all together. That sounds like the longest name of a law firm ever. Those are all the pit, all of the stuff. Did we get any driving? So they seem to forego driving. I did not see a lot of driving, but I did see one unbelievable swooping shot of Booth, of the ship couple, the shipping uh-huh. couple, uh-huh. Booth and Thatcher uh-huh. walking out of the courthouse. How and close it were they working? Like from How close were they? Close. Almost close. touching? Were their arms Not almost touching? Almost. So they're walking out and they're walking like in step. And you can tell they're like sort of, they, they had maybe done it a couple of times. They're <laughs> in kind of good moods, but they, you know, and they walk out of the courthouse all the way down. Camera stops and then just follows them down this long cobblestone path. Like they walk into the, the sunset together? Like walking into the sunset together, Booth and Thatcher. Yeah. Wow. That happens. I love that. Mm-hmm. It was a big, it was a big shot. And I then like um, Lori as a brunette, they showed pictures. When she's Couch. in the fish picture oh, yeah. with Scotch oh, yeah. as a brunette. But we should mention that Lori has like white, white platinum hair. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was going to get there, I think, in Fashion Police. I loved Sorry. it. Sorry. I loved it. I, it looked incredibly conditioned like super smooth i think that she's one of those really lucky women that went didn't even go sort of gray sort of just went white but i'm sure this has been so unbelievably stressful for her that i'm right i'm not surprised right but like but it's not that kinky white like i'm getting a couple of those kinky whites that are just oh not good but it hers is smooth yes like just just flowing like in a shampoo commercial it is. It's but very it's shiny. white. Yeah. Yes, and very white. Yes. Quotes. I have, she'd entered purgatory on the way to her own private hell. 
Yeah. Oh. But I I liked that it made sense because sometimes yeah, Keiths don't. But it like he good. seems to understand Dante's Inferno and the different levels of hell. Mm-hmm. And I was appreciative of that. Um, and then. <laughs> As a literary snob. Yes. But then <laughs> there was one that kind of didn't, I didn't quite enjoy as much, All which right. was a case that was getting almost too hot to hang on to. Oh. It's too hot to handle. That's all right. Too, it's like when Dennis says, like, what did he had one that was just so. Yeah, that it was just right off. Just, oh, no. It was, um, it was like. It was like extracting teeth from. It was something about. Yes, supposed to, the yeah, expression it was extracting a dental part a from dental your mouth apparatus. instead of just yeah, saying uh-huh, yeah. pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like pulling teeth is just good. say pulling yeah. teeth. And then I can't remember who said this. You can be the hero or you can be the zero. Oh, who said it? I wrote it down, I, but who? I said don't know it? who said it, but I remember it. I think maybe it's it was one of the dads. I think it was maybe one of the it dads. was Rob. Maybe it was Rob. Did you miss the one thing? What? Did you miss Loaded for Bear? Yeah. Oh, it was good. Keith said it when Bob and Rob go to the FBI Denver office to like confront about their missing daughters. He goes, he goes, they they walked in loaded for bear. Yeah, I don't enjoy that that much. I don't know. I've never heard that expression before. I've never heard really? it in my life. Never heard it. Mm-mm. I was like, what? Loaded for bear? It's fairly common. So instead of saying guns loaded, it was loaded for bear. I've yeah. never heard it. It's nope. a qu- it's a qu- I'm surprised you haven't. It's a quite well, common. Oh, dang it. Well, Even me, not a gun lover, has heard it. Well, sheesh. But I think it means like up in arms, loaded, oh, no. ready to I fire. I think it means guns loaded. Yeah, it like means ready the to, expression. Yeah. ready for battle. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, All right. Okay, precious moments. There were just so many. I oh, just yeah. can't even. Oh, jeez. Just dads. The one just of the dad the talking, saying he would be grateful if they just found a fingernail of his daughter that he could bury. That was brutal. MVP... The dad that bought a billboard. Bob bought a uh, billboard above the strip club. Anybody who's seen Jennifer. Oh, uh, it breaks so my heart. MVP loser. Thatcher was literally just supposed to be investigating check fraud. True. And he brought down a serial killer. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's really badass. Yeah. Good um, job, Thatcher. And I good job, Booth. Booth as, as well, 100%. They knew there was something fishy about uh-huh. that song. Yeah. And she followed it. Uh-huh. She had an and instinct she and she went with it. And all the dads. Yep. I, 100, all, all the, the dads. Howard's, Howard, Bob, and Rob. Yeah. Yep. Can I call Lori? Nope. No. I'm not allowed. Tragedy. Okay. No. I can't say it. Everyone knows who I think my Everyone was. knows who you think it is. Yeah. It's okay. Brands. Brands unhappy being on Dateline are now associated with murder. Snowballs. Forests. <laughs> Gumballs. <laughs> that was you. <laughs> Shotgun Willie. <laughs> oh, no. They sounded great. They had nothing to do with her disappearance. She was working there to get a better life for her son. Ooh. Coffee cafes like got a great boost because it made me crave a frap and a sandwich like a really oh, good go. sandwich so i was happy with that. fishing bad name bad name yeah that got a bad name oh i don't have any really fashion police no not really this wasn't about the clothes it was no. more about where in the heck is the charisma that everyone else is seeing <laughs> where, where like what's happening okay titles oh, wait, i'm sorry i'm yeah. so sorry we missed a really big brand that's unhappy being associated with this the fbi <laughs> no thomas harris the writer of Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal oh. is probably not super stoked. No, I'm sure he's not. 
Yeah, that this... Is he alive? I don't know. I, I honestly don't. I think yes. Well, I will then... say when I get to Twitter, you'll learn how Hannibal fans felt about oh, this. Oh, good. I'm ready. I'm, yeah. so, I'm so excited about that. Um, Titles? Mine are not couple. that great. Are yours good? No, but we'll see. Okay. Should I go first? Sure. A Tale of Two Bitches. There we go. Um, Operation Snow Balls to the Wall. There we go. Except no. You know how I feel about balls. <laughs> That's why I did it. <laughs> I know. It's me. All day, every day. <laughs> All day, um, every day. Snitches are bitches. There we go. There we go. Because he was a snitch and then he was a bitch. And then he was a big bitch. Yep. Um, and my last one, you're totally not going to get, but in Hamilton, there's the sisters, the Skylar sisters, and the two get to sing like all this parts of the song. And then the third one just goes, and Peggy. And oh. <laughs> so this, mine was, and Terry. Oh, God. <laughs> no I don't think really you can cared. say Terry without saying Uncle Terry, though. <laughs> I think it's, he's an Uncle Terry. There's no just Terry. It's Even Uncle his, Terry. like, former wife called him Uncle Terry. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. She was like, Uncle Terry, dinner's ready. Yeah, I think every single time. Yeah. Okay, you go. What do I have? Um, I have the $8 map to the dead, which I okay. thought would be very dramatic. Okay. I have um, Deadly Informant. I gave it another Dateline title. I thought yeah. that was good. Mm-hmm. And then hey, I have... Hey, what if the, you say conformant? What if we created that word because he was a con? Conformant. A convict and an informant. He was conning the FBI. He was a conformant. Is that anything? No. I'm trying it. I'm writing it down. Okay. I'm We're going to start releasing your notes, too. I'm going to work with to it that. later. And then I had Buried Secrets. I did a couple yeah. of like straight up Dateline titles that mm-hmm. I thought. But honestly, I thought that the title for this was good. Well, at first I was like, are they talking about the deal that they made with him to find the bodies? But then I felt like there were more meanings because he had created so many deals with the convicts that he roomed with. So there were like multiple layers to it. He had created several deals with his roommates that got him to be able to murder these women. So there were several deals. I felt like it was just the literal moment that she says it. You yes. Know, she's, when she says that she writes on the scrap of paper, we just made a deal with the devil. But I'm saying there were even more deals. You felt like there were more. It could yeah. be an even deeper title. And normally I think their titles are not that But this strongest. was a good one. I thought this was good. Yeah. And I feel okay. like they couldn't trademark Hannibal, so they probably couldn't say a date with Hannibal. No. And no, a date with the devil that. is the expression. But maybe they could have done my next time. Deal with the devil. Is... I said date with the devil again. You did. It's all right. That, that's fine. We can put, I'm writing down a date with the devil. I um, like that better than a deal with the devil. Date with the devil. Okay. That's what you think to yourself every time we have to sit down to do this podcast, don't but you? But here's how we get, no, never. Here's how we get, here's, that's what you think. Here's how we get a. <laughs> Here's how we get around the Hannibal copyright issue. Hannah Kimball. There we go. <laughs> Circled. Circled. Wasn't Kimball the last name of the guy from The Fugitive? Yeah. Richard Kimball, right? Richard Kimball, yeah. Yeah. So <gasps> that name just doesn't Can we have get there luck. with Deadly Fugitive? No. Deadly Confugitive? He was a fugitive for like five seconds in Palm Springs, but... Yeah, he was really not a fugitive. Yeah. Okay, okay. should we go to Twitter? Yes! Okay. Do people have things to say? Yeah. Lots of things to say. All right. I'm excited. Um, Megan McDermott. 
Keith and Lori have the same hair colorist. <gasps> Which is time. Which is father time. <laughs> father time. That's um, awesome. Okay, Megan McDermott again. Rocky Mountain Beef. Okay, that was the name of their cattle company. Mm-hmm. Uh, means straight up balls. I know. I grew up on the farm, and a Rocky Mountain oyster feed is not what you think it is. Balls. Yeah, it's balls. It's balls. That's great. That was a really good putting those two together. Very clever. Also, again, how romantic for Lori. A honeymoon in the woods, a first date with the bloody fish, and now you live on a balls farm. Walk away, Lori. You deserve better. You have great hair. Um, John Denver's rolling over in his grave. (laughs) Sarah Nelson. This gets weirder and weirder. Keith, after hearing about a small child with a traumatic brain injury just getting pushed out of a Jeep by his own father. Understatement? Keith. Keith. Um, maybe that was cut weird. Maybe that was Yeah, maybe it was edited. We yeah, that's maybe blame it on editing. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, here we go. Megan McDermott again, who was clearly trying to get on the podcast because she tweeted us a lot and it worked because she got my attention. High functioning. They called him high functioning. Remember that. High functioning does not equal eating the shit out of people. Hashtag he's no Hannibal. Hashtag insulting. That's great. (laughs) So many people apparently like love Hannibal and were so mad that this guy was not charming, was not handsome like that guy on the show that creeps me out with that weird accent. Oh, they're talking about they're that talking Hannibal. about the new I'm Hannibal. Thinking straight up Anthony Hopkins, and no. I'm like, even that no. though, it's not even close. Like no, it's Hannibal not. is like, cu- like culturally just beyond. Like yeah. he's very put together and smart. Well, he got mm-hmm. under Jodie Foster's skin in like two seconds, right? And she was a badass. He has that, and I don't see it in this guy. So. But apparently no, a lot Scott, of Hannibal Scott lovers Kimball. out there. Wow. They love that show. They ship Hannibal and like people. It's like supernatural. It's one of those cult shows that the fans are like obsessed with. I did know that. Yeah. I know people love it. Um, Sarah Nelson. I got divorced and ended up with a suitcase of shit. <laughs> Why did Uncle Terry get a suitcase filled with money after his divorce? What yeah. happened there? Did she like literally mean that or did like – like he worked for the mob, or he just won a lot in his divorce settlement. No, I think it. Well, Keith says it, so I think that Keith is using it's his a metaphor. poetry. Yeah. So he just won a lot of money somehow in his. I think divorce. he just had money. He showed up after his divorce. But what like, does hiding... Uncle Terry? What did he it's possibly not... do for a living? Uncle Terry is hiding money from his wife oh. and is a professional roulette player. Yes, which means nothing. Yes, <laughs> you there. Is. You go. There you go. Um, (laughs) This made me laugh so hard. Okay. Um, Maggie Simic Leahy. Uh, Agent Grusing is proof that AI has come a long way, but still needs some work on the emotion function. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) He was. He was very stiff. He was was artificial intelligence. He's like, must compute. Now that I die, I know how it feels to be to alive. Be alive. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Um, Jasmine Root. Well, I'm not sugarcoating this one. Women everywhere. If he says he works for the FBI, CIA, or is an international doctor, he is not. There we go. 
So so just no one has those careers, actually. Everyone is lying about it. Yeah. Love it. Or a DJ. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You're a lamb. This is the shittiest honeymoon I've ever seen. (laughs) It really was. Yeah, it really was. So sad. Um, Yeah. Uh, Raina, look, if Lori wants to forgive him, okay. But to say her murdered daughter has forgiven him is kind of irritating. That is really irritating. Right? That was upsetting. Yeah, just leave her out of it. Just say, I think that I need to forgive you so I don't carry this in my heart. But don't say, I'm sure that Casey has forg- would forgive you. Casey right. would not forgive you. <laughs> um, if, I guarantee you, if Casey, if he had murdered Lori and Casey was alive, Casey right. would not be saying, right. I have to forgive him. No. Yeah. Casey would be like, fry him in a chair. <laughs> Yeah, that's how that would work. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm all for forgiveness, but I don't believe you can speak for the dead. But maybe it makes her feel better to think that her daughter is resting in peace and has I forgiven him. That. Maybe Casey was a super forgiving person in real life. You would have to be if Lori was your mom. I think what Lori is saying, hmm. here I just did it. I figured it out. Here's what it is. Here's the um, therapizing. Okay, okay. so okay. Lori feels so guilty about her part in this the fight about the drugs and all of that and letting mm-hmm. scott get involved she has to believe that casey has forgiven scott because she wants casey to have forgiven her forgiven her oh that's it nailed it um Lori, it's gonna be okay i don't think she's listening i really okay. hope not um it's ash- gonna be okay laurie ash cat shut it Lori. <laughs> madalena oh, rivera wtf Lori. Oh, people are mad at Lori. People are mad at Lori. Um, (laughs) Lori uh, Minahan, one, Scott Kimball is Hannibal Lecter, and dry FBI guy is Clarice Starling. (laughs) Uh, I thought that was funny. Um, Boo38133, come on, Lori, I figured Scott out by 801. Oh, wow. Now, to be fair, they were already calling him Hannibal by then in the voiceovers. That's true, yeah. You had gotten more information than Lori had, but still. Had you ever heard about this before, by the way? No. A few people on Twitter who lived in that area had, but I'm surprised it wasn't more national news because it's so crazy. It's a serial killer. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I am really behind on my People magazines. So we have some serious crime going down. There have been some serious crime in the last few months. There was another that, Colorado case that Dateline yeah. might cover, which is sad and fascinating. Um, Rebecca Crook, time wasn't kind to Scott. And Lori said, evil makes you age. And that's yes. true. Um, you're a lamb. Yeah, Lori's white hair is bitching. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, Middle is Martha. Casinos, strip clubs, meth, prison. I'm only going to Sunday school and the library from now on. Yeah. Jamie Bailey, she lit up the strip club with her cheerful nature. Oh. And the thing is, Jennifer seemed really, like, sweet. Very and you sweet. you hear a little bit of her voice. And, mm-hmm. like, I thought it was really sweet that her dad was, like... Didn't he care that she was a stripper. Honest. Yeah. No, but it was like she's doing what she's got to do yep. for her son. That totally. establishment was not a seedy hole in the wall. You know, it was, you know, she was, she was doing the best she could. She's a young woman. And and even if you are you working in the seediest one, it's fine yeah. if you're doing it for your child. So Miranda is a ghost probably. I love that. Um, so is he won the lottery and moved to Mexico with a stripper, like when you tell a kid his dog went to live on a farm, except really you murdered everyone? 
Yes. Jeez. Oh. Um, Mistress Mensa, clearly they're all hiding out together with that stripper named Ginger. And Sharon Champagne said on Gilligan's Island. (laughs) Wait a minute. I have something to say. Yeah. Was Uncle Terry found at the top of the Why are we shading not Jennifer, the dead stripper, but we're shading Ginger, that stripper? Because Ginger's not real. Um, (laughs) So also it's a terrible stripper name. Like, come up, like, go with, like, Sapphire. Like, go with a, go with a gem. Go with a gemstone. Like, do, do what you're supposed to do with the stripper names. Don't, don't be like... Ginger, don't besmirch ginger. Um, so besmirch. That's what I said. So, <laughs> I heard sorry. it. I was Terry, say Uncle anything. Terry on top of the mountain, right? Yeah. How? How did he get his body there? Okay. Either how did he get his body there, or did he lure Uncle Terry up to the top of the mountain? Uncle Terry's not walking to the top no, of the mountain. No, he's not. You saw Uncle but Terry. He must have lured Terry and said, like, but on ATVs. He didn't Uncle have to Terry's walk. not getting on an ATV. No, Uncle Terry like walks with a cane and like no, knock, doesn't say, get Uncle off the couch. Uncle Terry like has has a bad knee from you, like you bring Vietnam. Uncle Terry a beer yeah, during commercials yeah. for football games. He's not getting off the couch. Yeah, no, Uncle Terry's not getting up. Yeah, it's very strange. So uh, I'm saying I that didn't make a lot of sense to me. And then also transporting the body of Uncle Terry to the top of the mountain. That's why I think he killed him up there. I think he lured him by saying maybe he had money treasure buried there. Or maybe he told him about one of the girls. I don't know. Terry, get in the car. I got beef jerky and girls <laughs> up on the top of the mountain. Sure. Like, what? <laughs> Is Ginger sure up there? Sure. Ginger's um, there. Rebecca Crook. Listen, I already trademarked the big bitch. It's my stripper name. <laughs> um, and JP said, I get the Boulder's bitches then. Um, Gary Georgievich. Uncle Terry won the lottery and left the country to live with a stripper from Mexico. You know, the good life. Sure. Sure. It's always been my dream. Um, Snarky Brown Cat said, now there's a mystery stripper named Ginger, and it's not even 830. (laughs) (laughs) This episode was long. (laughs) Also, nobody checked to see what happened to Ginger. I'm just saying. No. Poor Ginge. Sorry, Ginge. Uh, (laughs) Jeff... Modzelisuski. I don't know how to What's say up? your name, Jeff. What's up? Um, damn, I was rooting for Uncle Terry. <laughs> Were you? <laughs> you wanted him not to be a perv. Maybe he's not. Why know. didn't he, Terry's ex-wife come on the show? Yeah, can we get and some, defend Uncle Terry and say some background he wasn't a perv? And said we just get like one seedy grainy yeah, picture and exactly. we don't know and uncle terry looks exactly like how you expect uncle terry to look yeah and then what are we supposed to think what are we supposed to think uh sue in philly if uncle terry had won the lottery why haven't i seen him on my lottery dream home on hgtv hmm. good point is that a show it's a great show they f- bet. find people who actually have won the lottery and help them find their dream homes because if you've won the lottery the very best thing to do is go public on TV with that information. Yeah, I was going to say. There's some things I have that are wrong with that. Bad okay. idea. It's yeah. followed by the ID show, My Lottery Nightmare, <laughs> where you were <laughs> murdered after you... <laughs> they should just oh, air God. them in bookmark, just one just in succession. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The McKenna uh, family. <laughs> 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 the rise and fall of the McKennas. 
<laughs> okay, Kaisler Soze. Scott is nothing like Hannibal Lecter with his Kmart clothes and Ultra Cuts hairdo. I bet he's never even had a good bottle of Chianti. Wow, what's Ultra Cuts? It's like um, is that like Supercuts? Supercuts, I would think. Where's Ultra Cuts? Uh, Ultra Cuts is probably the place that I went to where I told them to cut eight inches off because I was donating yeah. it, and they cut thirteen. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I remember that day. Yeah, it was a bad day. Um, wa- okay, Bram Fam Lover. I don't get people who deliberately name their kid Hannibal. What? Who names their kid Hannibal? That has to be a joke, right? Is anyone really naming their kid Hannibal? And then Robert Shrilla wrote, agreed, or Lucifer. This has okay. to be a joke, this right? Is the wrong, no, this, this is they're just they're, they're joking, they right? They're riffing. Forum. No, they need to go to a different forum. Did they tag date with Dateline? No. Okay, just good. Dateline. No, they need to go to a different. This is not. But is that like a new hip name? Like, if I talk to the little girl I babysit for, will she be like, "There's another kid. There's a kid in my class named Hannibal"? Because they all have. Weird I don't know, names. but I'm going to look it up the minute we're done with this. Yeah, is I'm that really curious? Because Damien has kind of stayed in rotation even since the Omen. Yeah. So maybe really has it? I know Damon's, but I don't know any. Damons. I think there's a couple Damien's. Okay, maybe. Do you want to take that chance? Yeah, I do. I've heard of Damien. I mean, do you want to? Would you take the chance? No. Oh God, no. Like with my child. Yeah, with I your don't child. plan to bear fruit seeds. Not, with my I know loins, this. Everyone but, knows this. But, but no, would, I would never. No, would and I'm name, Jewish, so I don't even technically a, a believe that? in all that stuff. A pet. No, but. We do know a pet named that. Steph's cat. Oh, we do. Damien. You're like it's Godmom or something. Not that one. The other one? Black and white. Okay. I don't know the difference. Well, Damien is hard to catch and a little wily. See if you name him Damien. He keeps having sinus infections. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you put that in quotes? Because he keeps frothing in like the mouth and nose, which makes me think that he's possessed. Oh my god! That's Poor why cat. I was making that in quotes. No, I am sorry, and I feel bad about that. No, he's on medication. <laughs> he's doing fine. He's okay. He's okay. Get ready for the letters, Katie. Um, oh come on! I have four cats, <laughs> and I'm the one being like, "Oh, poor cat." Um, I feel bad. No, I, I know. do feel bad, but but his name is Damien, and I he's know. frothing. I- <laughs> They've never There's shaved the, him to see the 666, but it's the there. The correlation is, yeah. is strong. It's clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tammy Smith. I love his new prison look. <laughs> he, oh, God. He yeah. lose all of his hair is gone. Like, yeah. one day he has hair, and then he has zero hair, except well, for facial hair. Well, what would you think about that? I thought it was shaved, <laughs> like, forcibly by his new roommate. Okay, that was an amazing answer. What did you, what did you He has hair and then he has no hair. What do you think about that? It was shaved. <laughs> As opposed to losing it naturally. No, I meant I meant do you think that means he's a skinhead? Do you think that means oh, he had to join an Aryan Nation gang in prison? <laughs> it was shaved. <laughs> Yes, now that you're saying it, I totally believe that he has gone under the wing, the protective arm of the because he is a cue ball, the clan in the yeah. prison, absolutely. And I feel like the clan would be like you know self righteous enough to think that they could get a helicopter to help them escape. Yes, that seems just about as delusional yes. as they seem to be. Uh, Gary Georgievich, Scott may be an embezzler, 
snitch, and murderer. But the guy obviously knew how to fish. (laughs) Okay, now this one, I did not hear the line, but everyone was obsessed with it. Amanda Panda 9 says, gangster wads in his pants. Did you hear that line? I didn't hear it. I totally missed it. I don't know if Lori said it. Who says it? Maybe it's a different episode, but somebody says it about Scott. Gangster wads in his pants or gangsta wads. Oh, boy. Hold on a second. But this could have been – it could have been a different – no, I think it's the same episode because people are saying why how FBI people how many FBI people walk around with wads of cash. Um, people are laughing about gangster wads. Um, I don't know what it. They someone said he had gangster wads of cash that he would carry around. So they're talking about Uncle Terry. Oh, maybe I thought they were talking about. <laughs> no, they're talking about Scott. But why if Lori Uncle Terry. again? <laughs> why would Lori not find that weird? That she's married to an FBI guy, has never been to an FBI function, met an FBI coworker, gotten a call from the FBI, seen any FBI pay stubs, and he has wads of cash. Gangster cash. Wads. She doesn't find any of that weird. Come on. Um, Rebecca yeah. Crook. Yeah, I'd say this is a blemish on the FBI, if not a huge juicy pimple on the ass of the FBI. Wow. Uh, Mary well L. Bellin. Sometimes I'm not sure whether Dateline is more a murder mystery or an expose on incompetent police slash FBI. It's True. both. It's, it is. It's totally both. Um, Megan Kate, she wrote to Keith and said, the Scott Kimball Dateline is bonkers. I didn't even see you leaning on anything. It was that intense. Wow. I didn't see any date any leaning either. I did not. Um, Okay, and then finally, uh, Kaisler Soze. When Scott said he was FBI, he failed to mention he was a female body inspector. Oh, boy. (laughs) He had the shirt. He went to Fort Lauderdale spring break. Sadly, I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he mentioned that once or twice up in the casino. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, Okay, I think that's all. This episode was so long. Thank you for bearing with us. And, Thanks for uh, sticking with it, guys. Um, don't watch alone, Lori, because nope. she needs some friends. Yeah. Watch with with Shotgun Willie. Don't watch alone. Watch at your local Shotgun Willie. Support your strippers. Local businesses. Support them. Support your local businesses. Oh, Amazon sorry. is running all of them out of business. Yeah, but not the strip clubs. Yeah, they're sending strippers to your door now. No, Prime. Not. Prime shipping. Prime stripping. <laughs> if i had just finished and just said goodbye earlier i could have spared everyone that nailed it bye everybody bye